Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another Friday Whip Around show. Uh, have one great primer and two great conversations to get you guys ready for all the action on Saturday. Uh, and before we get into that, I'll do a quick recap of what Colin Klein and Joe Klanderman had to say to the media today. Absolutely pumped. It's going to be a massive, just an absolute massive weekend in Manhattan. Speaking of massive, uh, you know, in Manhattan, uh, general ticket sales for K-State basketball, men's basketball, went on sale today. Uh, Thursday the 19th was the first day for uh, non-Ahern Fund members to buy in. Villanova, Oklahoma State, TCU sold out. Nebraska, BYU, and Iowa State all under 200 tickets. So if you're wanting to see K-State play basketball this winter inside Bramlage Coliseum, especially on a Saturday, you better, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you better get over to kstatesports.com and get your tickets now. Uh, Otherwise, um, (laughs) you might be out of luck. You might have to be paying scalper prices. Before we get into... Colin Klein and Joe Klanderman, my thoughts from their press conference. Remember, we're sponsored by the best brewery in the state of Kansas, and honestly, I think in the entire Midwest, Manhattan Brewing Company. Look, I'm telling you, be nice. Tell your local liquor store you want Manhattan Brewing Company in your store so you can buy four packs locally. But it isn't. There, there's no better pint in the entire state, and honestly, maybe in the entire world, 
than getting a fresh pint straight from the source at Manhattan Brewing Company at their tap room. They're opening up at 11 a.m. Get in there on Saturday, open up at 11, get a couple pints, watch a little bit of the early games, take some four packs, take some crowlers, don't show up to your tailgate empty-handed. You're going to be the most popular guy or girl at your tailgate if you're bringing some Manhattan Brewing Company beers. Check them out, hit them up, hit them up, you know, on your way out of town on Sunday, you know, get a little breakfast somewhere, hang out somewhere, get a couple pints, get a couple four packs before you head back home. Always drink responsibly, but I promise the best beer in the world is just waiting for you at Manhattan Brewing Company. Go have yourself a pint, tang party, fresh batch on tap, go get it. All right, let's get into it. Colin Klein, uh, he said, look, both quarterbacks have been repping with the ones at practice. Both have had a great week, and he, he kept the company line. He does not. He claims he doesn't know who's going to take the first snap on Saturday. Says both guys are going to play. I don't believe him. I think they know exactly who's going to take the first snaps. I think it's going to be Will Howard. But, again, not nothing is crazy. I don't blame them for not saying anything, keeping folks guessing, all that type of stuff. But I do believe both guys are going to play. I think Will Howard's going to start. I think Avery Johnson is going to play. And then he talks about the reason why playing both of these guys can work is because they're both incredible team guys. How they work together has been outstanding, similar to Adrian and Will last year. They both have a heart for the team. They want to do whatever it takes to get the team to win. And, hey, they're just going to take what the defense gives them, and and that's how things are going to go. He said that he didn't know how much they were going to play Avery versus Tech, didn't think it was going to be that much. But, hey, that was what Texas Tech was giving you. You just have to take the twists and turns and put the team in the best position to win. Uh, he was asked about Avery's understanding of the uh, of the passing game. Uh, he said, hey, Avery understands the concepts. Uh, he has a high understanding. He said things do move fast, and he's still uh, a freshman getting a hang of everything. But when they're putting in packages, when they're looking at the defense, when they're installing everything, they go through things in heavy detail with Avery. And, they sa- and Colin said, hey, he studies hard, he works hard, and it's all taking hold. And then the final thing that I really thought was uh, worth noting, high praise for Jace Brown last week. Also said that he had a good week of practice, said we'll see him on Saturday. Also said Trey Spivey has had a good week at practice. We'll see if they get him in the game on Saturday. Joe Klanderman, uh, just lots of praise for them. He said TCU really has a, a quick tempo. And they do lots of shifts, different formations, and that's what's really challenging when getting in the right alignment versus their defense. He said that BYU really set them up to force TC to throw, and he can see why TC really stuck with it, seeing the final stat line for TCU's freshman quarterback. Uh, said that the interceptions, there's no magic calls that led to the interceptions, just good individual efforts and good team efforts uh, on each play. Gave special shout-outs to VJ Payne. Poked a little fun at Kobe Savage for his drop, uh, but a lot of credit for both of them. When talking about the linebackers, he didn't say if Austin Romaine was going to go on Saturday or not, but did mention that they started dual training Des Purnell, similar to how they do Jake Clifton. Uh, So he's going to start getting capable of playing multiple spots. He said that, hey, physically both the guys are there. They can do it, but it is a mental strain. And the last thing that I made note of, he he said that he thinks TCU is the deepest and best when it comes to skill positions. Said that, you know, he, he rattled off a bunch of TCU wide receiver names, multiple running backs, multiple tight ends. Uh, so it will be interested, interesting to see how Joe Klanderman does versus the vile, vile, vile Kendall Bryles 
offense on Saturday. Um, all right, let's get into it. First, we're, we're starting off with K-State Primer. The brilliant Cole Carmody of Go Powercat. He has a nice uh, primer set up for us. And honestly, I hope you guys like what he has to say. Go check out the Powercat podcast at Go Powercat. He's usually on their Friday and Sunday shows. Uh, he does a lot of good work over there. And, and again, that's the longest running K-State podcast there is. Tim Fitzgerald and his crew doing a great job over at Go Powercat on uh, line and on the podcasting game and on YouTube. Lots of good stuff coming there. Then we have my conversation with Drew Galloway uh, at K-State Online. That's going to close us out. Drew, one of my very good friends, a Topeka cat, uh, he and I talk about the Big 12 media days for basketball and kind of talk about, not kind of, we do talk about how big of a recruiting weekend this is going to be. And then right in the middle of those two guys, again, internet friend turned real friend, Parker Fleming. I know you guys like to get at him a little bit, but I love Parker. He's so smart. Uh, he's helped change the game the way I watch football and just a overall great human being. And I'm lucky enough to call him a friend. I'm lucky enough to have been able to hang out with him here in the Kansas City Metro on multiple occasions at this point. So shout out to Parker. Uh, you're going to hear uh, uh, Cole Carmody for his primer again. I, I just also want to give a shout-out right here before we get things going. Now, I'm going to miss some of them. But, again, uh, what K-State Online is doing, what Go Powercat's doing, what 3 Mall, uh, Go Powercat and K-State Online, their podcast, Cocaine Willie, of course, Aggieville Alley Cats, all sorts of great stuff going on in the K-State content world. There's YouTube creators. There's even more podcasts than I, I mentioned. Uh, I mean, heck, there's more than I can keep up with, and I'm addicted to podcasts. There's never been a better time to be a K-State fan. The stuff Kellis Robinette's doing for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Folks, there's never been a better time to be a K-State fan. So much content out there for you guys to consume. I'm just really happy you guys are riding with me. Again, uh, will, will it catch September? I don't know, but we're having a great month here in October at Bosco's Boys, and I appreciate all of you guys for downloading and listening. So let's get over to Cole Carmody. Let's see, hear what the kid has to say. We'll see how he sees the game going. We'll hear how he sees the game going uh, on Saturday versus Texas Tech. Back again for the Kansas State Primer. I'm Cole Carmody from GoPowerCat.com. Thanks to Scott and the boys for having me on. My second time doing this. The first time went well for K-State. They beat UCF. Now they get TCU. Let's take a look at that game because it is going to be a fun one. The storylines are everywhere. Let's go ahead and get into it. Before I get started, I want to let everybody know, after you listen to the boys, after you listen to this episode... Go check out the Friday Walkthrough. It's an episode I do that airs on YouTube, on the podcast platforms at GoPowerGat.com. It is myself, along with former Kansas State defensive back Monty Spiller. Go give it a listen. We really appreciate it. We get into the X's and O's. We talk about the game plans. And boy, oh boy, is there a lot of game plans to talk about this week. And before we start with anything, we have to start with the quarterback position. It's been talked about all week. Avery Johnson, Will Howard, who gets the start? I'll get into that here in a second, but I think it's important to note that no matter who gets the start, 
this team is going to rally around them after the win in Lubbock. The team, by all accounts, seems to be riding high. And how could you not? After a win that was, I don't want to say in dominant fashion, but they really impressed a lot of people. Obviously, down in the third quarter, having to come back and really putting on a clinic on offense in the second half. Uh, you could tell after the game that those guys are feeling extremely confident, and it, it makes sense. When you put up the kind of numbers, especially on the ground, that they were able to do, it makes sense why they would have a lot of confidence. And I think this is probably the highest this team has been from an emotional standpoint all season. They faced a lot of adversity after the loss against Oklahoma State, and that could have been a turning point in their season. If they were to drop that game against Texas Tech, it really makes you wonder where the season might go. But nonetheless, they were able to find a way to get it done. And I think that just makes this game against TCU that much more important. If they can find a way to get a win, they are sitting pretty for the rest of the season. And ultimately, that matchup with Texas looming even very large towards the back half of the season. Uh, injury front, there is a few ones uh, that we need to talk about. Chris Kleiman and his staff, obviously uh, pretty quiet um, at the press conference on Tuesday, but I think it's worth noting Daniel Green obviously out for the season. Um, that just means the linebacker position is constantly in flux, and part of the reason it's in flux is, of course, because of Austin Romaine. He appeared to suffer a neck injury, some kind of a head injury on Saturday. We don't know how bad it is. On Tuesday, Chris Kleiman said he was hopeful that he would play. So if you get to the game early and you want to go in because we know you're going to tailgate, of course you're going to tailgate. How could you not tailgate at Bill Snyder Family Stadium? But if you decide you want to go into the stadium a little early, look for number 45. That's going to be a guy that if he warms up, there's a good chance he's going to play. He did actually break his hand. He had a big old club on on Saturday that was unbeknownst to the media it was just kind of thrown out there by the TV broadcasters that oh hey by the way Austin Romaine broken hand he's wearing a club uh, that's going to be a guy to watch if there's one injury guy to keep an eye on I would say it'd be Austin Romaine the other guy if you do get into the stadium early you look for number 45 well look for number eight and I'm not talking about Philip Brooks I'm talking about Will Lee the cornerback uh, has not played really the last two games. He did not make the trip to Lubbock. He came out of the game in the first quarter against Oklahoma State. Another upper body injury, so we know it's not too serious. Chris Kleiman said he was hopeful that he would actually be able to play. He has not practiced in a while, but he is hopeful that he will be able to play. Those are two guys, I think, that honestly, if you look at it from a, a, a perspective of the defense, you have to have out there. You can go without maybe getting one of them. But if both of those guys are out, it might change the way that TCU goes about their game plan. I would expect one for sure, and honestly, probably both, to see some time on Saturday, which would be a big help for this Kansas State team. Okay, let's get into the storyline. We talked a little bit about it. But it's obvious. The biggest storyline of this game is the quarterback position. And honestly, you can even throw TCU's quarterback position. By all accounts, it sounds like Hoover's going to get the start for the Horn Frogs. The freshman made his first start of the season on Saturday and was tremendous. A very under-the-radar type of recruit for TCU. But for Kansas State, that's obviously the exact opposite. Avery Johnson, a top-ten quarterback according to the 24-7 rankings, got into the game, was Big 12 Newcomer of the Week, five rushing touchdowns. To me, the biggest storyline, 
Avery Johnson, Will Howard listed as an or on the depth chart. Who would have thought that that would have been the case before the season started, that Will Howard, the first time he gets to gets to go up against TCU after winning the Big 12 championship, might not even get the start. That is the biggest storyline. Who starts a quarterback? I think there's a great chance that Will Howard will indeed start the game, but I'm not discounting the fact that this coaching staff might just roll with Avery. We've seen them be fairly conservative in the past when it comes to playing younger guys, but it seems like there's a little bit different of a vibe with Avery. I get the sense the training wheels are off of Avery. Do they think that Will gives them a better chance throwing the football? Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I get, but I also get the vibe that they believe Avery Johnson might give them a better chance to win in the long run. And that's nothing that Will Howard has done. I think it speaks more so to Avery Johnson's talent. Yes, has Will Howard deserved to start this game? Does he deserve to start the rest of the season? You could make an argument that, you know what, this is a guy that won a Big 12 championship. He still has a lot of talent. Has he gone through a rough stretch? There's no doubt. The interceptions are very uncommon of Will Howard, especially junior version of Will Howard. But really, when you take out the Oklahoma State game, this was a quarterback that was just a few bad throws away from being just as good as he was his back half of his junior season. Obviously, you can't do that. The Oklahoma State game looms fairly large in uh, in the bigger picture of the season, especially with Avery Johnson waiting in the wings. Um, but that is the biggest storyline coming into this game is who's going to start a quarterback. And honestly, how will the fans react if it is Will Howard? I, I don't think that fans will turn on the quarterbacks. There's been some talk that maybe there might be some booing. I would hope that folks would understand that whoever starts at quarterback is who the coaches believes gives them the best chance. But either way, we're going to see both guys. You can go ahead and take that to the bank. Both of those guys will play. So let's go ahead and look and break down this game um, against the Horned Frogs. I want to talk about the offensive side of the football. Obviously, the quarterbacks are an easy one, but I want to look at the running back position now. And I look at DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. And Chris Kleiman talked about this after the game and at his press conference on Tuesday. But it's easy to sit there and see Avery Johnson playing the whole second half. But Treshawn Ward was in there with him. And we did not see DJ Giddens. There was a crucial false start on a fourth and one that K-State was going to go for. They ultimately had to punt. DJ Giddens was the culprit on that. And he didn't come back into the game after that. Treshawn Ward got the rock the rest of the way. Had over 100 rushing yards it seems like he's healthy, and that seems like the kind of guy that K-State thought they were getting in the portal when Treshawn Ward committed to K-State. That is a guy who I think has now earned the right to be the number one running back. I was on record by saying DJ Giddens, with his performance against UCF, should be the number one running back because we just hadn't seen it from Treshawn. He wasn't able to break tackles. He wasn't very elusive. Did he have that speed? No doubt, but he hadn't put it together. Now he's put it together. Treshawn Ward looks like one of the best backs in the Big 12, and if he gets hot, he could be really good. That's a guy I look at in this game against TCU because he can do some of the same things that Deuce did. And what did TCU struggle with last year? They struggled with defending Deuce Vaughn, especially in the passing game. Now, maybe that's DJ Giddens. Maybe DJ Giddens comes into the game and makes some catches like Deuce did against TCU last year. Gillespie, obviously the defensive coordinator from TCU, is the same one. We'll break that down on the other side here momentarily. But I look at the two running backs in DJ and Treshawn. How will they be used? If they are used, how they were used against Texas Tech, I actually 
think Treshawn Ward might see a bulk of the playing time. It wouldn't shock me to see number nine go out there and get the start. He was on kickoff return uh, last week, something that K-State didn't have to do. They were not able to get a return, but he was the main returner. They want to get the ball into the hands of Treshawn Ward. I look for Treshawn Ward to get into the end zone on Saturday. If you're a gambler, it is legal in the state of Kansas now. There is some serious value on a Treshawn Ward anytime touchdown. I would heavily lean into that bet if you are into the gambling aspect. On the defensive side, uh, obviously this is a big-time matchup for K-State. Hoover, the quarterback we mentioned, all likely to get the start. Kendall Bryles, now the offensive coordinator. Garrett, uh, Garrett Riley gone to Clemson. In comes Kendall Bryles. And the offense looks similar. There's no doubt about it. They go a, quite a bit quicker under Kendall Bryles, but the offense is very similar. There's lots of RPOs, lots of quick passes. They like to move the ball. They like to go fast. This is going to be a challenging, challenging game for K-State's defense. But, again, I, I look at that linebacker position and see, okay, how are you able to manage those RPOs? Can you read your guards? Can you read the eyes of the quarterback? This seems like a great opportunity for those linebackers to cause some havoc, create some turnovers. I'm also looking at the defensive end, specifically Khalid Duke. You remember the last time TCU was here, Felix Anyudike Uzama had one of the greatest performances by a Kansas State defensive player in school history with six sacks. Yes, I said six sacks. It should have been six sacks. Look for Khalid Duke. Maybe that can happen again. I'm not sitting here calling six sacks. But Khalid Duke is due for a breakout game. I see a multiple sack performance from Khalid Duke. Yes, this TCU offensive line is good, but I really believe that if K-State's able to get pressure in the face of Hoover, then they're going to have a lot of success. I look at the linebackers, and I look at Khalid Duke as potentially causing some turnovers. I see maybe a defensive score in this game. Defense or a special team score would be huge. Do not be surprised if they can create havoc and that happens okay let's go ahead and look at the two keys of the game for me i look at this from a perspective of how is k-state able just like we mentioned to get pressure in the face of hoover if they are able to cause havoc if they win the turnover battle kansas state will win this game they don't have to win the turnover battle to win but if they win the turnover battle they will win the game so that's my first key protect the football and create turnovers if k-state is able to do that they will win this game. And then the second key I look for is be able to survive the punches. TCU will come out firing. They want revenge. The guys that are still on this team remember what happened in Arlington. They will come out and they will give K-State their best shot. And there will be a good chance that K-State will face some adversity in this game, especially if they do decide to go with a two-quarterback system. So how do they take the the first punch from TCU? That's going to be a very key key to this game key key we love the double sayings but that will be very important in this game is how does kansas state respond after they get punched in the mouth and if they don't get punched in the mouth it's going to be a great night for kansas state but tcu will come out they will run some gadget plays how does kansas state respond well that's going to be the key to the game if they do respond well look for kansas state to have a big night Finally, the score prediction of the game, I'm going to pick Kansas State. The spread was 6.5 the last time I checked. Some books have it as 7.5. I think Kansas State covers this spread. Here's a stat for you. In the last two seasons, so 21-22, and if you want to include 2023, the only time Kansas State has not won by 7 or more points, they have lost the game. So 
What that means is if Kansas State wins the game, they usually win fairly comfortably. I don't think Kansas State is losing this game to TCU. In fact, their last four home losses have all come against ranked teams and a team in Tulane who would go on to win the Cotton Bowl. I don't think Kansas State loses this game. I think that trend continues. I like K-State to cover. I like K-State to win. I'll take Kansas State 38 and TCU 24. This will be a fun game. It will be close in the first half. But ultimately, Kansas State will turn on the afterburners and find a way to get the win and move to 5-2, and two, setting up a game against Houston at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for homecoming. Once again, I'm Cole Carmody from Go Powercat. Feel free, after you listen to this podcast, I know you're in the mood for some more football. Go check out the Friday walkthrough with me and Monty Spiller. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on X, whatever it's called, Cole Carmody 52 Make sure you go check out our stuff at Go Powercat as well. Either way, thanks so much for Scott. Thanks so much for the Boneheads for letting me do this. Good luck to the Cats, and we'll talk to you next time. And thank you to Cole Carmody of Go Paracat, who gave us our K-State primer for this whip around show. Now it is time for me to talk to one of my favorite people. Um, you know, depending on what he's tweeting, he's typically one of, uh, you know, all of college football's favorite people, except for when he says something bad about your team. He's not getting his name dropped, but he's getting his tweets dropped on the second most popular quote-unquote sports podcast in the world, pardon my take. He's getting, uh, you know, retweeted by everyone in sports media. I was friends with him before he became famous. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the best beard in the entire world and amazing hair, Parker Fleming, a.k.a. Stats War on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Parker, welcome back. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw Dan Katz, a.k.a. Big Cat, say, hey, yeah, there's this guy who tweets out this graph referencing your how bad did we get beat tweet from every week? Yeah, well, one, I'll say uh, thanks for thanks for having me. Always happy to be here and glad that we are friends in real life, not just online and a testament to how cool it can be to meet your online friends in real life. Um, yeah, I think I tweeted it. I tweeted it Big Cat today and just sent him the uh, the Walter White gif where he's holding the phone and says, say my name. <laughs> Give the man a shout out. Look, it's a monetization economy now. You know, give me those clicks. But uh, yes, I'm I'm glad people find my stuff useful. And they've, uh, yeah, pardon my takes, put it on there. And then whatever the Monday one with, um, who's that guy? Walker? Brandon Walker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, I hate he's talked about, he's talked him. about the, the, um, the, uh, net success rate, the how they beat that bad graph before. Yeah. I don't listen. I never really interacted with him, but, um, I know he's polarizing, but uh, again, putting putting it in front of eyes, man. At least at least give me the clicks on Twitter so that I can take that Elon Musk money, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I, I love it. And I love that for you. I, I think I think again, I you know how many followers are you up to these days? I mean, I don't know. I hit thirty uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm yeah. pretty sure <laughs> I was like amongst like the first like eight thousand. So I, I feel like you know that dude who's like, hey, you know this this neat indie band. You guys should listen to the songs, and then before you know it, they're you know doing stadium tours. I kind of like, yeah, hey, you know, I've been I've been following this guy for a long time, and I, and I'm glad you're getting getting your roses, so to say. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, you're you're OG man. Back when I was just a nobody, and uh, yeah, but here here we are. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into it uh, again. You, you 
uh, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I know you've kind of shifted beyond just being, you know, you've never been just a TCU guy. You've always done a great job um, covering all of college football from an analytical point of view. Uh, and, you know, now that the refrain is you don't even watch games, which, which is kind of funny. I always love when, uh, you know, a random person who doesn't understand what you're doing comes at you with that retort. But uh, I, I, of all the people who might have a pulse on TCU, you're my favorite. So I, I wanted you to come on. So I'm just going to ask you, what is the current vibe like in Fort Worth around that football program? Because uh, quite frankly, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster from the outside looking in. Yeah, well, um, I, I mean, I think you can think about that meme that's like, it's so it's a circle and it's like, uh, we're so back, it's so over, we're so back, it's so over. That's kind of TCU right now. I feel like there's a lot of whiplash. Um, I'm not really sure what expectations were going into the season for most fans. I know in the program, Sonny Dykes was saying stuff like, we'll see how the pieces put together. And that's not exactly what you say about a team that you think is going to re- replicate a run to the actual championship, for instance. And obviously they lost a lot of turnover from last year. So they knew that um, it's been not great. I think, you know, a little bit of a breath of fresh air, beating a bad BYU team this weekend, you know, goes a long way. And, um, but I think with the program, there's a lot of discontent that all these moving pieces didn't work and haven't worked. Uh, particularly with, you know, they they they, they kind of turned away a couple transfer quarterbacks that may have been better options because they really were not trying to have anyone compete with Chandler Morris this offseason. And so seeing, hey, maybe, you know, somebody else can click a little bit better, be a little bit more of a chemistry guy. We like that a lot. Um, I know there's been some uh, you know, some, some discord in the locker room among the players and among the coaches saying like, Hey, you're coaching for your jobs at some point, like some, some frustration there. So it's been a little bit tumultuous. I do feel like the, the, the general sentiment is that most of the people in the building and most of the fans feel like TCU has uh, left an unacceptable amount of on the table this year. And that their three losses, particularly the West Virginia and the Colorado loss, uh, should not have been losses, and that's really, really kind of dampened spirits this year. So does Sonny Dykes have a Chandler Morris problem, or is it just like he has a little blind spot when it comes to quarterbacks altogether? Again, it's only one game. It was versus a BYU team that I don't think is very good, but, I mean, small sample Heisman. I mean, that, that was a pretty good game from a true freshman, uh, don't you say? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun for for Josh Hoover there, and, and and fun to watch. It was an interesting style of football. He was really good under pressure, and uh, that's good because TC's offensive line is bad, and so he was able to create some there. Um, I don't know <clears throat> if it's. Um, I really don't know this one. This one kind of baffles me because even I mean, even this last fall, there was talk about oh, the separation between Morris and Duggan is happening, and 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 Morris is the guy, and I never really bought that. And then he gets hurt and Duggan takes over. And then this spring, Dykes is back out there kind of saying like, hey, you know, there wasn't even close last year. I just couldn't give the locker room back over to Chandler. I would have lost the guys. Um, and, and so I don't know if it's like he's Chad Morris's son or if he's like the practice hero of all time or TCU's defensive backs aren't that good. But there does seem to be a blind spot is a good thing where, where they've twice now in the season rolled in with the guy who, who you know, at least wasn't giving you a spark. I don't think anyone's watched Chandler Morris play football outside of the 2021 Baylor game and thought, hell yeah, let's go. And so I I think TCU fans are happy to have somebody saying, hell yeah, let's go. All right. Transitioning into Saturday, 6 PM in Bill Snyder family stadium, sounding like it's going to be over capacity, 53,000 fans. It's going to be a fun night. Wish you were coming down. You know, you're secluded in a location not to be disclosed. 
Uh, but if you were going to key in, if you're going to tell K-State fans, you know, hey, here, here's a couple guys you guys should be watching, uh, whether at home or on TV, who, who, should, who should we be watching? Who should I be bringing my binoculars on and keying in on? Yeah, so obviously Josh Huber at the quarterback position, because uh, I think a couple of things that you want to see are, are one, um, he only had uh, a 3.6 turnover-worthy play rate last week, and um, so he got away with a couple there that could have been turnovers, but in terms of his total passes, that's a better rate than Chandler Morris. So if he can kind of keep the ball out of traffic, that'll be interesting. Uh, TCU also had 12 drops, didn't help him a whole lot there, uh, but like I mentioned, you know, he was pressured 17 times sacked only once, creating under pressure. So if Josh Huber's creating under pressure, I think that means things are going well for TCU. As for the, in the passing game and, and receiving, um, the, the lead receivers have been uh, J.P. Richardson, the Oklahoma State transfer, and Jared Wiley, the, the former Texas transfer. Um, I, they, they really are splitting out the uh, spreading the ball around rather Richardson only has like a 14% target share. That's not very high in terms of your number one guy. And TCU really has not found that number one guy. Uh, Hoover threw it to 11 guys last year. So I think the offense is going to go through JP Richardson and through Jared Wiley. But uh, if you're watching this game for K-State and trying to think the edge, you're looking, Hey, who of Savion Williams, Jalen Robinson, Warren Thompson, Dylan Wright, who of those guys is going to step up and kind of be that true uh, second receiver option for TCU? In the run game, of course, you want to focus in on Imani Bailey. He's been a little banged up, but I think he's good to go. Um, you know, really, really good receiver th- or running back, excuse me, 3.76 yards after contact per attempt, which is something that Kendra Miller did really, really well last year. He also has 25 runs of 10 or more yards. So really explosive, really hard to bring down. Um, I think you're looking for Bailey yards after contact. Again, if we're looking for these bellwethers of how's TCU offense doing, if Hoover's avoiding pressure, if somebody like Savion Williams is getting getting catches, if Bailey is, is breaking tackles and getting first downs, I think that's TCU at its best this year. So you referenced some of those things where TCU's at its best. If you're going to dial in on, you know, one or two either micro or uh, macro things that would be considered keys for TCU to get the victory on Saturday, what would those be? Uh, a couple things really, really stand out. One on offense, TCU has been abysmal at finishing drives. We knew that was kind of going to happen with who they hired offensive coordinator, kind of a known known there. Uh, he struggles in the red zone. It's legitimate. Uh, and TCU was 16th in quality possession rate. At generating quality possessions, they're 94th in points per quality possession. So if they cannot finish, they're the same thing as West Virginia, same thing as Iowa State, same thing as Colorado. If they can't finish in the red zone, they're going to lose on the margin. So they absolutely have to figure out a way to either score the big play touchdown and avoid the red zone problem entirely or find a way to finish those drives. Um, specifically, uh, I, I look at as well the um, – Third and fourth down success rate. TCU's been very, very good on third and fourth downs. They've been very aggressive going forward on fourth down. 20th in the nation. Kansas State on defense is 36th in the nation at third and fourth down success. So uh, if TCU can finish in the red zone, if TCU can extend those drives with third and fourth downs, I think that's going to go a long way towards TCU kind of sealing this up on the offensive side of the ball. All right, so uh, I know you're not going to give out any free advice, but if if you're going to tell K-State fans, hey, here's something to maybe dial in on. Hey, if K-State can exploit maybe this uh, weakness or two in TCU, what would those things be? Yeah, so I I think I would look specifically on the the defensive side of the ball for TCU. I think 
so so one, like I mentioned, Kansas State's been pretty good finishing, preventing finishing drives. They're 27th in, in points per quality possession there. So uh, that's one thing we're going to watch for and they're going to exploit. Um, on the defensive side of thing, I think TCU has been a little bit prone to um, explosiveness in the run game. They're 36th in rushing success or success rate allowed. They're 39th in EPA per rush. Kansas State is 22nd in offensive success rate on in rushing, they're second in EPA per rush. So that explosiveness is way better than that efficiency. We want to see those explosive runs from Kansas State. We, we, if we were Kansas State, you'd want to see those explosive runs hey, uh, and, and hope get, that you get an extra degree from K-State and become one of us, my friend. <laughs> you know, I know you collect those pieces of paper like they're Pokemon, but, you know, come on, man, be a wildcat. Yeah, I think <laughs> I love it. I got to settle for coming to a game first and then decide if I like campus. But um, yeah, so so I think the success rate is, uh, you know, can, can Kansas State not just get successful runs, but kind of take advantage of that relatively softer TCU run defense and, and really um, and, and really create explosives there. Uh, the other thing, Kansas State has a pretty good field position advantage on both sides of the ball. They're 31st in starting field position. Uh, TCU is 53rd in starting field position allowed. And then on the other side of the ball, TCU is 30th in starting field position. Kansas State is 24th in starting field position allowed. So advantage there. You want this TCU team to have to string together a lot of plays consistently, have to march down and get a first down inside the red zone, get another first down and then score. You want to make this as difficult as possible. So field position makes a long field. Don't let TCU bail themselves out with that explosive play. Bring Bailey down on first contact. You can really stop stifle this offense and, and, and really, you know, um, uh, really put in a position where, you know, Josh Hoover's in third and long, that's not going to be great for, for them, especially because Kansas state's pressure is presumably going to be a little more effective than BYU. So I don't think it's unfair to say. I sure hope so. I think in case it's going to have a disappointing day, if it isn't a little bit better than BYU there. Um, I'll ask you a uh, final question. I'll ask it two ways. I know I, I if, I've had a busy day at the secret day job. So you might've already tweeted it out. If you haven't already tweeted it out, what do your numbers, what does your model kind of have it at? And then, uh, you know, d- d- does your head agree? Does the eye test disagree? So kind of what does your numbers have this at and what does your kind of head say it's going to be? Yeah. So I have not, I have not tweeted it out yet. As soon as we're done here, I'm actually going to try to get my life together and get it. I also now this have won't a publish till job, Friday, which is so okay. I mean, that's so great. So it'll be, it'll be it. out there. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so uh, I have it as Kansas State by about five and a half, which is right there on the line as you're seeing it. So don't really have an edge in terms of in terms of the number there, which slightly lean towards, of course, the home team in this matchup. TCU hasn't won in Manhattan the last two tries, uh, I don't believe. And uh, I did another Kansas State podcast on Monday and said yep. 30. Cocaine three Willie. To, that's right. Cocaine Willie. Wild, 33 to 36. Uh, is what I said over there. 33-36? That's Kansas State winning by three. So I think TCU makes it uncomfortable. Last team with the ball wins. Uh, let's let's go with the Avery Johnson, you know, legacy drive. Drives down and scores that final uh, that final touchdown to, to put Kansas State over the edge there. I almost feel like uh, you're, you're trying to, you know, jinx your way out of uh, TCU having a Will Howard problem. Uh, because, of course, down in Fort Worth, Things were going great until you uh, dirty, dirty bastards heard them and took them out for or those dirty, dirty bastards. You, you're not out there playing. Uh, Will Howard has a PhD in beating TCU. It is the most amazing I, thing. I mean, because he's played you guys four times and beat you yeah. three. Um, yep. Granted, he he didn't start uh, the one in Fort Worth last year, but got the majority of the snaps. So 
it, it would be kind of, uh, you know, truly kind of like a passing of the torch. You know, if, if Avery Johnson, you know, as a true freshman beats you guys, although if I recall that the first game, uh, you know, was not a lot of great will Howard, it was one big run. And then I think it was a pick six. I can't remember who got it, but I think it was like a 17, 16 score. The first time will Howard got you guys. Yeah, it was very um, extremely, extremely ugly game, uh, which, again, these are two beefy football programs, and that that benefits Kansas State. They want it to be ugly. TCU would rather play seven-on-seven, and Kansas State wants to hit you in the mouth a little bit. So um, we'll we'll be a fun matchup. I mean, I think this is – I, full disclosure, have not, like, sat down and watched live every TCU football game this season, but this is one I have circled to say, like, oh, I'll probably probably have this one on the main screen this weekend, so – all right, I, th- here's the bonus question. If you're only going to get to watch three college football games this week, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so you know the Tuesday games are already done. But starting now, even if they happen before folks get to publish this or listen to this, because one of mine, one of my three of the week is actually on Thursday. Uh, but if you only get to watch three college football games, I'll, I'll give you a TCUK say as a freebie. What are the three you're going to yeah, watch? That's that's a great one. Uh, James Madison Marshall, I think, is the one maybe you're talking about. Yes. Uh, instead of Rice Tulsa. Time. Yes. If you have not watched, if you're listening to this and you have not watched James Madison, which this will I come don't out know, afterwards, but get them next, get them next week. That's fine. They are one of the most hating ass teams in college football. I love them so much. Very, very fun. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to not watch if I have to go for the third one, hard not to have Penn state, Ohio state, just, just again, big, big matchup and, and, uh, a lot of national ramifications and two very, very good teams who are, who are unproven. I think I'd give the edge to that over something like Tennessee, Alabama. That's a little bit more of a niche rivalry in terms of national competition this, uh, this year, as opposed to, you know, blockbuster, amazing matchup. I'm hoping that Penn state, Ohio state is going to be more of the caliber of Oregon, Washington last week. So I'll say that one. And then the night slate. Yeah. I love the TCU, uh, Kansas state. I'll give you slate, that one for free. Have... If you want to give me oh, one yeah. more, I'll give you TCU K state for free. Um, yeah, well, I, I do have a couple sicko bets on, uh, on, on Saturday night, sicko plays there. So uh, I don't know if I'll be kind of moving around for those. Um, but I do think that my third one, oh, I'm looking at the slate here. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone to watch Minnesota, Iowa, but you know, the meme potential is going to be really, really high. Um, Missouri, South Carolina might be my third one there. That's Missouri teams. Very fun. They got, I know, I know the Kansas, uh, faction here is not going to be happy with me about that, but they're very fun. Brady Cook is playing fine. They got a good transfer in in Theo Weiss and Luther Burden is truly one of the best wide receivers in America. I'm excited to see him play every week. So that would be the other one kind of in the afternoon slate that I'm looking at. Well, there you go, Parker. Uh, You have your own podcast. You're on a million different YouTube shows. Uh, Plug anything you'd like my bonehead listeners uh, to find you at as well as uh, any social medias. Uh, The floor is yours. Plug away. Yeah, on Twitter slash X, I'm at Stats of War. That's probably the best place to find me and find all the other stuff. But uh, go subscribe to the BetUS College Football uh, Show. That's on YouTube at noon central on Tuesday and Wednesday. Me, Kyle Hunter, uh, and Gary are over there doing some um, some fun work, just, just having a laugh, talking ball, and giving out some picks. The chat is a crazy time too. So a lot of fun over there. If you can, you know, at work and can schedule a meeting and, and hop into it or something, it's a, it's a great time. Bet us college football on YouTube. 
Well, perfect. Parker, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I have no idea what's going to come after this because uh, I'm still kind of flying by the seat of my pants trying to get the Friday whip around show together. So hopefully there's something good coming after this. But again, Parker, thank you so much. Again, uh, our friendship is truly meet your friends from online because sometimes it works out very, very well. The times you don't get murdered, it's uh, just, you know, life, life experience. So no, uh, Scott, always glad to, always glad to hop on and glad to talk to you, friend. Thank you. All right, in the final segment, uh, you know, I, I didn't throw it to myself for this because I didn't know what we were going to have here. But I thought to myself, all right, Big 12 media days or Big 12 media tip off, as they call it, happened in Kansas City this week. And it's going to be a pretty damn big football recruiting weekend in Manhattan. So I thought to myself, all right, who can I get that can talk to both of these things? And then I thought to myself, oh, that's right. One of the rising stars in K-State media. He was at both of or he covers football recruiting and he was at the event. Oh, and he's a cool guy. He's been on the show a bunch. I'm sure he'd love to come on. So what did I do this morning? I DM'd this guy. He's on. It is Drew Galloway of K-State Online. Uh, absolutely killing it on all levels. You can hear him every Sunday. See him on YouTube and hear him anywhere a podcast can be found on the K-State online show with Mason Voth and my best friend in the world, Jimmy Goheen. Um, don't tell Jimmy I said that. I don't know. I don't know if he agrees. Uh, but yeah, Drew, Drew, welcome back. Uh, absolutely crazy week. Uh, big recruiting, big game, and doing K-State basketball media. How much of a whirlwind has the you know, last three and a half, four days been for you? I don't even know how to like describe the last like three four days i feel like i am so behind but i also like look at our schedule for the week i'm like okay i only need to do like one or two more things but it's like i think it's more like the the sleep factor that's kicking in because uh i when i came back from uh the tuesday presser um my parents made the joke like when do you sleep? And I was like, I feel like I haven't the last like week and a half because you you never know how much the, the trip to Lubbock takes out of you until you dr- do the drive. And then I think all three of us are still kind of trying to catch up. But I, I'm feeling good. It's it's uh, Thursday about to be Friday. So just feeling good. Vibes are high. It's always funny when I come on this show for the Friday show. It's always like I look over when I first wake up and I see a DM saying, what's your schedule like today? And I'm like, eh, nothing really. So it, it, it's a good time. That's why you're always a good backup. Like when, when I changed the format of uh, some of the stuff I was doing with the whip around show and pushing it to Friday, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to get get some folks from K-State and I'm going to get some bigger media folks. But it's like, okay. My own week trying to do five shows uh, a day, doing the secret day job. All of a sudden, some of the stuff sneaks up on me. I'm like, oh, no. I was like, well, you know what? Drew's always good in these spots. He he usually has some availability on Thursday. So you're always kind of like my, okay, worst case scenario, I have a better guest than anyone else does to fill in for this. And you are that best guest. So uh, I I, I want to uh, get into it. Let, let's talk about the, the Big 12 media. And this is why you're the best. You you 
you cover football, you cover basketball, you're a football recruiting savant, uh, but you're at this basketball event. What is it like I, what, as a consumer of it? Because I, I wasn't able to get down to the Sprint or to T-Mobile Center. I wasn't able to get down to Arlington this year, but I kind of compare the two as like football. When I went, it was like a two-day marathon of just nonstop kind of slogging through slow and steady doing content, listening to all these press conferences. On the other hand, basketball seems like, oh, my God, this is like a full-blown sprint of an event. How, how do you compare the two? Uh, you hit it right on the head. Basketball and football media days could not be more different. Basketball, it feels like everything is happening so fast. But then at the same time, like, they're still, because, they're, because the players and uh, Coach Tang are doing so much stuff, there was a lot of in-between times. Like K-State was the first team to go at like 9, 10, which by the way, kind of weird that it did start right at nine o'clock, but you know, that's, that's another story. Uh, so coach Tango is at nine, 10, and then it goes immediately from the podium to taking, uh, to doing like the photo shoot. So like there, there was no like second breakout except for we had to get the second breakout after he took pictures it's so like everybody was just kind of awkwardly standing there. And this second breakout thing wasn't even like scheduled. Like we all just followed him. And then eventually like we got to do like a second breakout and talk to him for like five, 10 minutes maybe. And then after that, where it's so different is that like right after that, I went right into writing about the press conference. And then after that, it was like, okay, what now? And then what's also totally different is that uh, players, when they do their press conference, all line up and they all sit at the same table and do the press conference all at once. Like football, it'll be like Daniel Green had one interview uh, this summer and then Will Howard came up and then Cooper Beebe came up. This one, it was Tyler Perry, David Gasson, and Arthur Kaluma all at once. So it, it's it is a full-on sprint and i have no idea what they're gonna do next year with uh adding four more more teams but also uh shout out to brett yormark for making k-state first and ku last so if you were like a local like tv station like i know that both topeka stations were there and had to stay there all day yesterday all, all the kansas city stations had to stay there yesterday so good thinking by him to have the closest two teams be first and last He's a smart man. He he is a smart man outside of adding Utah. We're not going to get into that. Um, what was the big K-State storyline outside of one really dumb dude who hosts a Facebook show getting the first question of Jerome Tang at the podium? Um, what was kind of the big uh, arching storylines coming out of that day in Kansas City? I think probably the biggest storyline of uh, – for for K State for the Big Twelve basketball media day was that they're changing the offensive style and it's something that's changed even from the trip to Israel and the UAE, where they're going to be more NBA esque and play a lot more five out and have a lot more freedom and they want it. It was as close to a recruiting pitch for a certain uh, big man that will be on campus next week as there possibly could have been because they said that they want to have their bigs be able to be skilled and have them more involved in the offense. And it was just really funny hearing that knowing about Patrick Nagongba's visit next week. And they did all that they could without saying 
his name because they can't say his name, but it's interesting to hear about them going to a five out style because it makes me think that you might see more uh, Naquan Tomlin potentially at the five. David Gasson will still be playing the five a lot. And I think that they could really exploit matchups with that because, I mean, Naquan Tomlin is just a matchup nightmare to begin with. Yeah, I I think they really were. I, I would not be shocked if uh, as those clips were going out, as long as it is a communication period, I don't want to accuse anyone of any recruiting violations, but I'd imagine Jareem Dowling would be taking those clips, sending them right to Patrick. And, all right, help me with the last name. Ngum- Nagamba. 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 Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get, get good on that because I think he's going to commit to K-State. Um, but, you I'll, know, there I'll, he I'll is. I'll throw this out because you're a, you're, a, you're a nickname guy. His nickname is Big Pat, so you can't just say that. I like Big Pat. I I, I was I abbreviate when I'm typing it out just Enba and <laughs> apostrophe B-A. I like that. But Big Pat, love it. So I imagine Jareem Dowling's taking those clips, sending them right to Big Pat and saying, hey, look, we're doing this all for you. But here's the thing. If you look at what David Gasson was able to do with uh, the Netherlands this summer. Again, I think that also might be playing a bit to his strength as well. Um, when when you heard the guys talk, is there anything that uh, kind of shocked me? Because I'll say this, I was shocked that they were all very high in Keys Glover uh, because here I am kind of a little mad that Glover's becoming only the second player in the history of K-State basketball to wear single zero. I'm like, I don't know about this guy. It sounds like at least the players are really trying to hype him up. Are there any kind of like smaller storylines or smaller things that you think might've gone unnoticed? Yeah. I mean, it, it was interesting to hear all three players because uh, if you watched uh, our YouTube video of the players press conference, all three of the players that were available said that Quez Glover is the person that isn't getting talked about enough. And they all said that at the exact same time when the question was ended. So it, it's interesting to hear about that. And, and I, I really like the addition of Quez Glover because they needed another guard and he isn't quite Desi Sills on defense, but on offense, he will provide a spark. and will be a big energy guy. Um, So it, it was interesting to hear that. Another thing that kind of, I don't know if I want to say that it went unnoticed, but I think that a lot of people, when they look back in a probably like closer to basketball season or even next portal season, uh, the story about uh, K-State going through the portal last year and then the new message uh, with uh, Coach Tang saying that they did Zooms with 75 different players and only got 11 uh, last year. And he said that all 64 of the players, uh, or he got a lot of texts from the 64 players saying either that they messed up or congratulations about uh, their run in the NCAA tournament. And then turning around and saying that the message this year was that you can either text us and congratulate us or join us. Like that is such a cold line. I love it. When, when, when he said that, I was like, oh man, that, that, that is great. I, I loved it. And I loved how he was rocking, you know, the Charlie hustle jacket. And, and here, here's my question to you. I, I got two more for basketball before we talk a little football recruiting. Jerome Tang very open about his visit to Colorado and how it was about building a brand, building a business and how, you know, coach Deion Sanders has been able to do that with his coach prime persona 
and all that type of stuff, bringing the attention to Colorado. I like hearing that. I, I like seeing the swagger and all that type of stuff. Does it give you any pause, though, of seeing Jerome Tang go too far off that, okay, it's all about me? Like, I think, Coach, in my perspective of Coach Prime, that's what he's doing. He's not doing it because it's Colorado. He's doing it because of Coach Prime. Or do you think, you know, all right, you know, Coach Jerome Tang, he's doing this. He's learning this to bring attention specifically for K-State. See, I think that he's bringing it uh, all for K-State, which that trip to Boulder was talked about a lot. And I didn't realize that the connections that uh, those that or the I guess the two connections that those two had together and having mutual friends that are on the staff at Colorado. And I mean, say all you want about Deion Sanders, uh, but he is great about building the brand. I mean, I think somebody posted today that they have five of the the nine most watched uh, college football games this season. So like what he does works. And I I really like seeing that K-State uh, basketball is trying to build this big brand. I mean, we, we saw it with uh, the Wabash being in uh, 2K this year. We're, we're slowly starting to see everything and, Coach Tang wants to take uh, K-State basketball global instead of just being a national thing. So I'm really excited to see where all of that goes. And there's probably no better person that they could have learned uh, all of that from than Deion Sanders for what everything that they've done. Now, all very good points. I do wonder how Tad Boyle probably felt when he saw all those pictures and videos going viral and seeing Coach uh, Prime chopping it up with a soon-to-be conference rival. But you know what? Shout out to Colorado. They, they've grabbed a couple of good recruits, and you know they're they're showing up on some preseason top 25s and bracketology and all that stuff. So shout out to Tad Boyle. Um, final basketball question uh, I'll say to you. As we're approaching uh, tip-off in Las Vegas here in less than a month, What's your expectation for the team? You know, they're not shy. They're they're talking about being international. They're talking about practicing the White House dinner. They're they're always talking about, hey, they're going to Glendale, Arizona for the final four. That logo's on the, you know, uh, hoops in the practice facility. They're not shying away from any of that. Uh, so what's your expectation for the season? Uh, my expectation is to comfortably make the tournament and potentially be top half, maybe top third of the league. I, I think that the the schedule is pretty favorable in some spots, uh, especially with who they play twice. It's not the worst uh, teams that you could possibly have to play twice. And, I mean, I think that we say this every year with the Big 12 before the season starts, where you're not sure what you're going to get after the top three, four, and and even, like, I think that most would agree with this year. Like, you're not sure what you're going to get outside of, like, Texas, Houston, and KU. Who is that fourth team? Does whoever that fourth team is, do they compete for the Big 12 title? But nothing that this team would do would really surprise me unless if they really struggled out of the gate. Because if you look top to bottom, 
which I, I you have to clarify because you know they had two All Americans last season. But if you go top to bottom, I think that this roster is much better than the one that they had last year. Yes, no, I, I'm right there with you. Before I get a little bit of insight to the big football recruiting weekend. How about Charlie Hustle inking a deal with the Big 12? They have a Big 12 Kansas City Skyline t-shirt that just dropped today. And I have a feeling only more collaboration is going to happen between the best basketball conference in the world and the best t-shirt, crew neck, jacket, uh, what joggers, accessory, the, the best apparel company in the world, and that is Charlie Hustle. Get over to Charlie Hustle. Take a look. Hey, if you're rocking with the Big 12, think about grabbing that Big 12 T-shirt. You know, think about grabbing yourself a K-State Bomber. That would be a pretty darn salty look to go down there. First day of the Big 12 tournament, K-State has a bye. You don't have to worry about that. Just taking in some basketball, K-State Bomber shirt, Charlie Hustle, Big 12 Kansas City Skyline shirt. That would be a fit that would make even Jareem Dowling jealous. So check out charliehustle.com today, vintage made fresh. All right. You and I have been talking about this for a while. We got a night game. The airport is back open. This is going to be probably, at least up until this point, the biggest recruiting weekend this football season for K-State. What can you tell us first about, you know, any guys uh, for this upcoming 2024 or 2024 class? Oh, well, you say uh, for just this year, from what I've gathered and what people have said that they think that this crop of visitors will be the best potentially that in the climate era that they think that they have a lot of 2025 guys that are going to get a lot of offers or highly ranked 2025 guys that are coming there's four official visitors this weekend uh three are actually committed to other schools which is an interesting little tidbit mary flipness Uh, baby there is a uh, Boone Morris, who's a linebacker from Mount Vernon, Texas, that's committed to UTSA. He'll be at the game and in Manhattan all weekend. Uh, Jacques Bradley Demps is a North Texas commit that's a wide receiver. He will also be there. Uh, another potential Topeka Cat, uh, safety Callan Barda, who is currently committed to Nebraska, will be taking an official visit this weekend. And then there's uh, another, a fourth visitor that is not committed to another school yet. Uh, but it's a highly rated uh, player from uh, this area of the region is what I'll say. Cause I uh, don't want to give anything away just yet, but he is a highly ranked player. And I mean, there, there's potential for a lot of fireworks this weekend. I mean, I, I, I think that there's a possibility that case could go four for four on Ooh, official that- visitors. That's absolutely massive. Uh, I, I know if you're a K-State Online subscriber, you know who that fourth guy is. Uh, so th- there's a little plug for K-State Online right there as well. Um, so we have those official visitors. 2025, I mean, I think it's going to go, I mean, gosh, it's going to go head-to-head with 2023 for in-state kids. It sounds like a lot of those guys are coming up. What can you tell us about some of those 2025 guys any names uh, cat fans should get themselves familiar with and any guys, uh, some uh, eagle-eyed students or uh, fans should be keeping a lookout for on the field pregame for the 2025s. Uh, so 
the one of the really big 2025 uh visitors for this weekend is a uh, Jack Lang who is a four-star offensive lineman from Missouri and he'll be making a visit and then there's there's always more that kind of slipped through the cracks I I believe that Brock Heath an offensive lineman from Kansas will also be in attendance uh this weekend uh just names in general I mean, we, we've kind of hit on it a few times, but Jaden Woods is a big one to keep in mind. I, I'm not sure if he'll be visiting, when he'll be visiting K-State just yet, but I mean, there, there there's always that possibility. He is going to be a very, very highly rated player when it's all said and done, I think. And then uh, I'll throw out, um, Mason is actually going to go see this guy. I guess it would be today, the day of uh, uh, release. Uh, Derby tight end Deshaun Brame is a big one to keep in mind. Uh, Lincoln Cure, the tight end from Goodland, who, by the way, is, would is ranked currently like number 43 in the country. And that's the, not in the 43 tight end. That's not 43 Kansas kid. No, that's 43. The number 43 player in the nation is a tight end in Goodland, Kansas. What a time to be alive. Yeah, the both. Kansas tight ends are in the top five in the country at their position for the 2025 class. And then uh, Andrew Babalola is another big one, uh, an offensive lineman from Blue Valley Northwest, who, by the way, is like, he's ranked, uh, I just I just pulled it up, he's ranked uh, number 23 in the nation in the last, in the latest on three rankings. That's right. Two top 50 players in the state or in the nation reside in the state of Kansas. Absolutely massive class for 2025. You better believe Coach Kleiman, Coach Taylor Bratt, and the entire squad are trying to bring these guys home. All right. Uh, so if I'm putting the uh, Vegas odds, I, I know you like to set the over unders over at K State Online. I'll set one for you right here. If I set the over under at three and a half, commitments in the next let's say seven days for k-state football from us recording this so from uh october 19th when we're done to two uh to october 26th three and a half commitments for k-state football are you going over or under oh that's tough Uh, we talk about this all the time that timing is the hardest thing but i i think I would lean a little bit to the under because I, I'm I feel like that's just the safer play. It is but it is the safer four, play. And then I all four in the next seven days genuinely would not surprise me, especially uh the guys that are coming in that are potential flips. That you could see that happening uh pretty quickly, I, I think. But the under is probably safer, so I, I think I'd go under. But like I said, like all, all four would not be a surprise. No, I hear you. I hear you. Anything else you'd like to tell the boneheads before we get them on with their Friday? Uh, I mean, just bring the juice, bring the energy. It's going to be a fun game. Big 12 title rematch. There's going to be a lot of kids there. So the the number one thing that a lot of kids harp on is how amazing the atmosphere is and i expect a big time atmosphere uh 
Saturday. I could not think of what day today was to say like tomorrow, whenever. <laughs> but yeah, it's always weird when I you're doing the... a big time atmosphere, potentially. Uh, I think that this could be one of the biggest uh, or best atmospheres of the climate era, potentially. I mean, night game. It seems like everybody hates TCU at this point, too. So there there could be a, a little bloodthirst in the air, as you like to say. That is something I like to say, and I'm pumped for it. I can't wait for it. So, Drew, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, check out KC Online. I want to give a shout-out not only to Drew, but to Cole Carmody over at Go Paracat. Again, double dipping. It's never been a better time to be a K-State fan who wants to consume as much content as possible. And then, of course, my friend Parker Fleming, uh, you know, he he's charting everything up, you know, CFB graphs, doing stuff for Sumner Sports. Absolutely uh, a great guy, he, even though he blocks some of you guys on Twitter. I still really love Parker. So for all three of the guests who helped make this whip around happen, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, my name is Scott McFarland. We love you guys, and go Cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. K-State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. You K-State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight.
Social Podcast Network.